Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, good morning. Welcome to the Donna and Steve experience on My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment. Thursday edition of the program. Latest on the writer's strike. I guess it's some good news. Jimmy Fallon, Seth Meyers. I guess they're putting their money where their mouth is. Despite that one person yesterday. Right. The Who staffer. you said spoke too soon. I thought just a touch. Yeah, she was kind of she was kind of giving Jimmy Fallon a hard time via social media for skipping out on a meeting when they were about to find out they're not getting paid. And so now Jimmy Fallon and Seth Meyers are um, they're going to help pay their crews while their shows are dark due to the current Hollywood writers strike. NBC is paying staffers on the shows through the end of next week, while Jimmy Fallon and Seth Meyers will then pay employees for the third week. But I don't know what's going on beyond that. Uh, They will have their health care extended through September. I don't know if that's through oh. their work or through Jimmy Fallon and Seth Meyers. My guess is that would be through work. I'm but hoping. It's, but it's a guess. But here's my thing. Are they're both members of the Writers Guild, right? Seth Meyers, Jimmy Fallon. What I want to know is, are they on the picket lines? Are they out there, you know, pounding the pavement like everybody else? It's a good question, because they. For, first of all, do you know that are they are they definitely members of the WGA? Looks that way. The hosts okay. are both members of the Striking okay. Writers Guild of America. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they show up from time to time, but it's it's you have a, there's a different onus on you when you operate in other functions as well. You know, like you or you you function in different departments. So you're a writer. But you're also uh, on-air talent. You're mm-hmm. a host. You could be a director. You could be a set designer. You could be a bunch of different things that aren't writer. And, and the WGA talked about that, too. They said, look, you, we can't like prohibit you from working. Right. However, we hope that you don't cross a picket line if you happen to be all, uh, performing other functions as well. Mm. It's kind of a tough spot. But if the show is dark. Then it doesn't matter. They should be on the picket line, right? They they don't have to report to work because they're not working in that capacity, in the hosting capacity. Right. So get your ass on the picket line. I don't know that they have to do that every every day. Do you want them there eight hours a day? I mean, I just want to see them standing. Well, I think that this strike is going to last for a long time long time i think you're right uh so i'm glad that they're doing these things immediately seth myers and jimmy fallon but i think that uh, you know something reports i've been listening to people talking about this 
Some people are saying, look, it, this might have last until October, November when we start seeing the real impact. Right. The bottom when line TV stuff comes back. Mm-hmm. Uh, without the writers. So we'll see. You know what? It's only been a couple days. Maybe we'll see. We'll see. these. Yeah, guys it's very early. Yeah. I'm going to give reason why maybe it could end earlier. Okay. Uh, just choosing to try to read something optimistically. Last night they had a big gathering at the Shrine Auditorium, mm-hmm. which is where the Screen Actors Guild Awards generally are. More than 1,800 people showed up to it. Somebody there, uh, the head of the Teamsters Local 399, told attendees at one point, the only way we're going to beat these mother fathers is if we do it together. Everybody was all pumped. They were there. It went on for a few hours. You know, 1,800 people at one event is a pretty big situation. Mm-hmm. But here is um, what a showrunner, one, an executive producer who was in attendance said to the Hollywood Reporter, I've been around 25 years and I've never seen all the unions this united or on the same page. They're all getting variously screwed by these companies and they know the only way to win is to stick together. It's a million percent different than last time around, referencing the strike of 2007-2008. So I'm going to choose to read that optimistically and say that the streaming situation is one thing that makes this new this time around. And... Since there's more of a united front, I think that can force the fight to get more, to end quicker, to throw haymakers a lot faster as opposed to just each side staying against their respective ropes. Mm. So I'm going to, I hope that if it is different, this united front maybe applies pressure from the writer side to the studio side. Right. And says, you're going to have to get a deal because we're not budging. We're, We're all together. Right. And I, I, tell me if this makes sense. All these streaming services have spent a are, spent a lot of money. The production companies, you know, these big deals with Adam Sandler and Shonda Rhimes and all that. So they're putting all their money into their the talent, talent you know, selling or buying content, which comes from the writers. Do you think they're just holding out to be stubborn or they're like, oh, crap, we don't have any money to pay these guys even if we wanted to? Ah, no, <laughs> absolutely not. <Okay>. Donna. <laughs> they can always make up, make um, streaming and money out of, out of anywhere. Now, I will say it's almost like two things can be true at the same time. They're losing money. Paramount, they just had a thing about Paramount Plus. Like they, It was like $500 million or something. Th- like that's a I lot mean, of money. They're hemorrhaging money, but there's also always money. These companies are worth billions of dollars. And uh, they always seem to be able to make money out of nothing. Now, one of the things that they said last night at this Shrine Auditorium thing, they wanted to detail to the writers, like, here's some of the stuff that they're, they weren't budging on that we're not going to budge on. And guess what reared its ugly head again? Artificial intelligence. Oh, yes, yes. It is, it's here, and it's a force to be reckoned with. And one thing... Is uh, they said, let me see here. Uh, WGA's negotiating committee co chair named Chris Kaiser, he was the central speaker last night at the Shrine Auditorium when he shared that the AMPTP did not want to budge on the use of artificial intelligence because the studios didn't want to take a new technology off the table that they, quote, might want to use in the future. Mm-hmm. The crowd boos in defiant support. Then the Guild has proposed regulating the use of AI and banning its use to write or rewrite scripts and ensure, this is 
central as well. Ensure that material from writers cannot be used to train artificial intelligence. Okay. They're like, hey, yes. don't use our good human writing just to feed the beast that is someday going to try to eat up our jobs. Right. I have a feeling. The, where did I see it in a different article this morning? We don't know yet if artificial intelligence is going to kind of go the way of crypto right now or if it's going to become the Internet, right? Like both of those things at their nascent stages, you thought, what is this? Mm-hmm. What's going on mm-hmm. here? One thing seems like it's not taking off the way that they thought, cryptocurrency. The other thing, the Internet has changed the world. This artificial intelligence thing, I'm starting to get the feeling that it's going to be around for a while. And um, and there are like high up executives in the world of tech and engineering who are like, everybody should stop developing this stuff right now. And we need to all create parameters so that you don't, <laughs> I'm not saying it's like a Skynet Terminator thing, but you need to. Yet. You need to, mm-hmm. yeah, you need to walk, not run. But everybody's in this arms race to have the coolest chat GPT AI thing attached to their their browsers. Right. That problems problems could arise, friends. We uh, have a little sampling of that coming up at nine thirty this morning. I thought you might enjoy this story about how I like the script. It yeah, was good. yeah, 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 yeah. We'll uh, we'll explain when uh, we get to that at nine thirty. But coming up next, we finally hear from Jamie Fox on Instagram. We'll get to that, and uh, Kevin Hart offers. Uh, more of an update on Jamie Foxx when we come right back on My Talk 1071. Hey guys, Donna here, a member of Spire Credit Union. You know, they've got loans to borrow for any purpose. Spire finances newer used vehicles and they make the process really easy and they get the uh, the loans done really fast. Spire has low rates to get you more car for your money and you got to remember, you don't have to finance through the dealer. You can shop around. Spire's got great rates. In fact, Spire also offers extended warranty plans with better coverage and at a lower cost than the dealers. And listen to this. Spire has an auto refinance guarantee where they're going to guarantee to beat your non-Spire auto loan rate or they will give you $50. Just ask a Spire rep for more information on that. You know, Spire's been in business for a long time, since the 1930s, in fact. And now they've got 22 branches in the metro in Minnesota. The newest location in Golden Valley, just off 394. Find more at myspire.com. Spire is insured by NCUA, an equal housing opportunity lender. Welcome back. Here's hey, us. Hey, man. How's it going? Happy Thursday. Yeah, happy Thursday. Hey, it's uh, Friday Eve. It sure is, Steve. Thanks for pointing that out. It's Vegas Eve for Debo. Yeah, there's a lot going on this Ooh, weekend. Vegas Eve. Yes. Kentucky Derby's oh happening. Guess who's going to be placing a bet? Oh, yeah. Go to one of the sports books there. Yes, queen. Put a, put a cool thousand down on a horse. Steve, what? I don't have yeah. the, the, the TV money that you have. I don't He's have always like, TV oh, money. Donna, go to see go see Ed Sheeran. Uh, $1,200. Just say that's going to be where I cap out. I don't know what, <laughs> what kind of life you think I'm living. I'll tell you what kind of life I think you're living. A, uh, a very financially disciplined life. And because of that, I know stuff about you. How dare and I you? know that there's a Scrooge McDuck pile of coins. And my point is, if you get hit <laughs> by a bus six months from now, then that, that pile of money presumably goes to me. And <laughs> I think you should live a little with that money. Just call your old, call Scrooge McDuck and say, hey, send me, send me 1K because I'm going to go see Ed 
at the State Theater. Boom, done. You've lived your life. So now what? You have 1,000 less when you die? Now what happens if I don't get hit by that bus? No, you I'm could like, be living great. in poverty as, a, as an elderly person. <laughs> but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, Donna. You right? always have your memories. Well, no. well, it depends. It really depends. Anyway, that's not why you call Let me deep tease something. Okay. Do it. Nine, 9.30. I had one of the weirdest dreams I've had in a long time. And it involved Richard Simmons. Oh, boy. And... In some way, shape, or form, Benjamin Button. And it lasted forever. <laughs> That's coming up at 9.30. Oh, gosh. Can't wait. Can't wait. Thank you. How could we turn the dial? Oh, man. Jamie Foxx. I, now, listen. I don't know if he himself put this post out or not, but apparently he took to social media to break his silence after he was hospitalized for that medical emergency on April 11th. And he just wrote, appreciate all the love, feeling blessed. And then he had some emojis with like praying hands, a heart, a fox. And then he shared his appreciation for Nick Cannon, who's going to be taking over as host of his show, Beat Shazam, uh, in Jamie Foxx's absence, of course, because he's not going to be able to do that. And he said, I appreciate you, my boy, Nick Cannon. See you all soon. By the way, I believe Kelly Osborne's also going to be helping out on that show. Hmm. So. Yeah, I, I don't know if it came from him. I don't know if it came from his camp. Since it wasn't a picture, it wasn't a video. It was just text, you know, over like a black, uh, right. black background. But either way, it's good. I don't care if I'm hearing from him or from his camp. It's just good to hear a positive thing because it's really been radio silence from uh, Jamie Foxx, from the Jamie Foxx family as well. We haven't heard anything. And so it seems like it was a, a little bit of uh, their, their, their hand was forced. Because yesterday, the news had become the top story on TMZ yesterday. You go to TMZ, and story number one yesterday morning was, pray for Jamie. And it just had a dire feel to yeah. it. And so mm-hmm. I think they were like, we need to, even if we're not going to say everything, we just need to put some positive out there to help dilute the story because it felt like it was going really negative right um, yesterday and fans were really concerned i'm bradley trainer and i'm don mcclain we have a podcast called blinded by the item a blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out it's a guessing game and you can play along the item might be like this a-list star carries a birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. And so no matter what, certainly good to, uh, to hear from him or his camp. Kevin Hart also um, shared some stuff regarding Jamie Foxx as well. And he says, you know, here again, it sounds like people, we've, I don't know how close Kevin Hart and Jamie Foxx are. I mean, they're both comedians, successful at the same time in their careers. They're just like crushing it. So you would think maybe they run in the same circles, but I don't know. Uh, he said this, Kevin Hart of Jamie Foxx. I don't know the details or the exact details as to what's going on, but to my knowledge, there's a lot of progression in a world of better. That was what okay, Kevin Hart good. had to say. Okay, so, that's helpful. That's great. Um, You know, this story is crazy. And I don't know if I'm just finding out about this and everybody else knew because Maria Menounos 
really not, you know, not on my radar very much unless I'm, I'm filling up on Pump 11. Mm-hmm. I and tell you what, that's where I catch a lot of my Menunos. Me too. And she does a great job. Yeah. Um, she recently had plans for a baby shower and she's um, waiting on a baby girl being born via surrogate uh, coming this summer. But she says she's did an article with people and she said this whole year has been trauma, stress, and crisis. Um, she's talking about her battle with stage two pancreatic cancer. Sheesh. She was diagnosed in January. She underwent surgery to remove a 3.9 centimeter tumor. And now she wants to encourage others to seek answers with their health issues. She said, I need you to know that there are places you can go to catch things early. You can't let fear get in the way. She said, I'm just, I'm lucky because I caught this so early on. But if you remember, Maria Menounos um, was treated for a brain tumor in 2017. Hmm. And then she was feeling really good and she got slapped in the face with another diagnosis. She was having leg pain and a trip to the hospital revealed that she had type one diabetes, which runs in her family. So then she's like getting herself back together again. She's on a strict diet. She begins monitoring her glucose and then she dramatically improves And then uh, she thought, okay, this is great. What else can go wrong, you know? Um, A month later, she was back in the hospital with excruciating abdominal pain. And a CAT scan and extensive testing showed nothing. Showed Hmm. nothing. She said, everything's fine. But she kept having the pains. So she was on a flight several weeks later. And the pain was so bad, it was like someone was tearing her insides out. And she decided to just go do a whole body MRI with a company called Pranuvo. And that's when they found the mass on her pancreas, Hmm. confirming, you know, in a biopsy, confirming what it was. But she was given a good prognosis, um, underwent surgery, like I said, and now they're expecting a a baby girl and just... um, Wow, you just never know what people are going through. And good for her for talking about advocating for your own health. Yes. You know? And if you feel like you need to push, push again, push again. Who cares? Absolutely. You got one life, my friends. Happy she's right. doing well. Me too. Um, my dream involving Richard Simmons. Detailed. Next. Hey, guys, this is so fun. Aquarius Home Services three-day customer appreciation open house is back Friday, May 5th through Saturday, May 7th. I'm telling you, it's a huge blowout sale. Deals on Kinetico water treatment systems up to 30% off. New heating and cooling systems up to 25% off. Oh, and bring your water sample from your home or cabin for a free water analysis. Oh, yeah, free pig roast. Come on, Little Canada at 694 and 35E. Details at AquariusHomeServices.com. Thanks for listening. It's Donna and Steve on My Talk 1071, where talk is fun. Holly Roberts with us for hour one every day. Hey! Hey, girl! Okay. So, Steve, you're having weird dreams again, huh? Last night was one of the weirder ones I've had in a while because, to my knowledge, it was unprompted. It wasn't preceded by me binging on a bunch of old workout videos late last night. It just showed up out of nowhere, and it just went on forever. 
Let me set the scene. <laughs> Stevie Boy is driving out of a parking lot, as you do. And as I'm driving past... Do we need to get McLean in here? Oh, boy, yeah. No, Dream I don't wave. know. I, I mean, if she's got, if she has an interpretation for this, I'm all ears. All right, let me see if I can find it. Mm-hmm. Let yeah. her know this is a, a pretty obscure one. Yeah, now, Holly, for, yeah. for sort of context here, yeah. I uh, that Richard Simmons podcast... That came out. Did you listen to that a few years ago? Yeah. Maybe it's about five years ago. And yeah. it was like, what happened to Richard Simmons? Yeah, searching for Richard Simmons. Searching for Richard okay. Simmons. Where'd he go? Yeah, he was so public. And so I had watched that and did become very interested. And that's, I suppose, worthwhile context. What was the status with uh, Dreamweaver Don McCoy? Uh, not here yet. Okay, great. So I'm driving out of a parking lot. And I drive past a car. Again, this is a dream. This is a dream. And I see a man that I'm like, that's Richard Simmons. So then I thought, what do I do? Now I'm looking in my side view mirror and I'm like, "Uh, that's Richard Simmons. So then I roll down my window and I'm like, Richard. And then he (laughs) starts like waving and he's kind of like, you know, I'm going to get into my car. And I was like, oh my God, like just, how are you? Like, what, what are you doing? Everybody wants to know. This is so great to see you. And he goes to get into his car and then he has a change of mind. And he then comes out moves toward me and is like what do you want to know and i said this is amazing this is crazy um listen would you would you be willing to come on the radio show and we just do a a, a quick interview long story short as happens in dreams boom now we're inside of a radio station studio not my talk specifically but that'll work we're there and i said listen here's what we're gonna do we're going to make this a one-question interview. This is just a one-question interview. And it's, how would you like to set the record straight? Mm, good one. Good. And he's like, okay. So then I say, all right, we're going to do it. We're going to do it right when we come back from this commercial break. However, it was one of our shorter segments. And it was a really short segment because we had gone long before. Been there. And I thought, oh, you know what? So then I, I look over at Richard Simmons, and I say, look, we're, I'm going to tease this. I'm just going to tease it out. So I said, we're going to wait until the 9.30 segment of the show, where we have a lot of time to sort of let this breathe. Now I start getting worried, Donna. I think that I'm going to lose Richard Simmons, that he's going to get his cold feet, second thoughts. Why did I do this? Who is this guy? Why did I agree to do a radio interview? And in the meantime, <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, I have got quite a scoop here. I am the only guy who's been able to sit down with Richard Simmons and get a one-on-one. Like, the world oh, yeah. will, will listen to this. Oh, and you're going to be world famous after this. Mm. Mm-hmm. What a scoop. Now, Richard tells me, before we go on the air, again, this is a dream, that the guy who was behind the the Searching for Richard Simmons podcast, he said, you know, I heard that he died. And I was like, whoa, oh, that's no. crazy. But I can't even go there with my one question because I just got one question. Then I get really nervous. Are we? Is he going to stick around? Is he going to stick around? All of that happens. The that's all, all of the buildup, and then suddenly that part of the dream is now over. And let me tell you, this in my mind, in my sleep mind, this dream is going on forever. This is a long-lasting dream. I'm telling you it in like three or four minutes. Yeah, but it probably was like. 90 seconds, but to you, you thought it was like five hours. Mm-hmm. Some dreams feel short. Some <laughs> dreams feel long. This had a long runtime. This was Saving Private Ryan in the theaters. We were there for a while. So then, all of this build up to get to the interview, I have no recollection of how the interview went. I'm going to guess it went well because Richard stayed the night. 
What? So now Richard Simmons. <laughs> oh boy, it's sleepover. Is, wow. is sleeping over. You guys know I'm very opposed to adult sleepovers, That's but right. here we are. We have an adult sleepover, and I couldn't fully tell he may have been just living with me now. And so it, either way, we're in the home together, and Richard is just there. And I'm thinking, why did I stop the car? Why did I need to get this interview? Like, couldn't I have just kept going? I then go to my room, and I'm winding down, and then I hear Richard Simmons in the other room. I walk back. Richard Simmons. Is he sweating? Yeah. Is now. <laughs> is he encouraging people? Is he dealing a meal? Yes. Oh, yeah. No. Deal a meal. I would have been able to process those things much easier than what I saw, which was he had become a little baby Benjamin Button version of Richard Simmons. <laughs> and he was very smiley, very oh God, happy. I can see him in a diaper. And, and he's like, laying in bed. Pacifier. And now it's it's almost like in the same way that like before I lay down at night, I'll go into all the kids' rooms and just, you know, check on them before I go to bed. And the same, kind of the same size that Dev, my three-year-old is, was Richard Simmons. But he had like the full, like he was fully Richard Simmons. He wasn't like Goo Goo Gaga, like... He was Richard Simmons. It was a Benjamin Button okay, situation. So he was more like Baby Huey. You know, isn't he? Wasn't he a gangster, Baby? Baby. Well, no, don't do that to baby him. Baby Huey is a giant duck in a diaper, Donna. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay, sorry. Carry on with your dream. I think he's the Benjamin Button baby version. You know, like when when uh, when ba- uh, ba- Brad Pitt was all. Old looking but small? Yes. Like that. Mm-hmm. And then there I am, like, trying to, like, oh, it's time for you to go to bed. But he's, like, little, but he's still an old old man. It was just extremely weird. Extremely weird. And then earlier, in a previous dream, during the, the trailers, so to speak, before that movie ran in my head last night, Lou and I were house hunting, which we're not, and... uh we essentially were 90% of the way there to live in a retirement village. Nice. <laughs> What's going on? What does it mean? Why did that happen? You know, Where is Richard Simmons today? You're just working some stuff out. From the day. Yeah. yeah. Your brain. What do you mean? Working stuff? What am I working out that that embodies itself as Benjamin Button, Richard Simmons? Nice. You talk about time a lot. Mm-hmm. Time can only be savored, yeah. not saved. You've been spending time at the gym. Queen. Mm-hmm. Fitness. Went into the oldies. That's right. Maybe you need to introduce some light cardio to your regime, Steve. Guys. I'm so sorry, Steve, that you had to endure all of that. That was just a really weird. Now I'm like Googling Richard Simmons. Where is he? What do we know? I mean, you know who I've long said Richard Simmons should do an interview with? Is. My next guest needs no introduction with David Letterman. A hundred percent. He had a great rapport with Letterman. Now, he was the foil of Letterman's jokes very often, but yes. in a way that Simmons, you know, I think liked it. Because he was self-deprecating. He went along with it. But I, I do think we found out that that was very hurtful, that he did hurt his feelings. Didn't we find that out? Yeah. In the podcast or something? Yeah, that I think that there was some, you know, David Letterman and Richard Simmons, they teased them e- each other, but that it ultimately did hurt Richard's yeah. feelings. Bad More idea, than Steve. he let on. Right. Right. But maybe what Dave could do 
is apologize and then say, like, look, here I am. I'm bearded Dave Letterman now. I'm different. <laughs> I, I'm just interested in connecting with people and their, their whole story as opposed to the six-minute version of them. Sure. What's been going on? I would. I mean, if I found out that Richard Simmons was going to do an interview, I would really lean in. What does that say about I wonder, me? do you think he... All right, let's just speculate for a second. What do you think the deal is with Richard Simmons? Do we think like maybe he gained a whole lot of weight and now he's too embarrassed to come out in you know in public because his whole life he's been promoting exercise and eating properly? This is well, where my brain goes. I never thought of that. Like that would be a reason I, to hide. That would be. If you have a fragile, you know, ego or fragile self-esteem. Yeah, and if your whole life has been, yeah, if he's like, so now we're just dreaming up different scenarios. So uh, yes. now he's like immobile. He's Brendan Fraser. Right. In the whale. Yeah. Yeah, that would be You just don't be know. Because, I mean, we did hear from him in a phone call, right? Didn't he call Good Morning America and said, hey, everybody, thank you. I'm fine. Because people thought his maid was holding him hostage. Yeah, oh, that yeah. was a whole thing. Yeah, we uh, on the Colleen and Bradley show, we tried to DM that woman. Oh, that was a good idea. Yeah, yeah, How'd we, that go? We got blocked. You got blocked? Ah, oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Was it a, did you send an aggressive message in oh, the we, DM? Yeah, we were just like, hey, what's going on? Did you say, like, we're a radio show, we want to know? Call us? No, we were just sliding in, trying to be your friend. You got blocked. Yeah. Bradley tends to get blocked from people yes that has been uh, the case in the past <laughs> but i don't know i haven't really tried to uh message rando uh z-list celebrities lately old homie That's interesting yeah z-list yeah you never it. do really know who blocks you too you know that's the that's the wonderful mystery of social media well, you do if you try to get a hold of them, right? Well, that's true. You can you can accidentally stumble on it. And I couldn't like, tell oh. you who has unfriended me, or I would have no idea. I have friends who are like, "Oh yeah, so and so unfriended me," or I unfriended. So I'm like, "How do you even know?" Like, unless you're super into Facebook. How do you know? Or Instagram? Yeah, you'd have to go to their profile and see if they're following you. Yeah, you got to pay attention to those statistics, I guess. Yeah. Oh, it's time for that. Not time. On air, right? All right. Thanks for sharing, Steve. Mm-hmm. It was vulnerable, guys. But I did it, and I did it, and I regret it. hey when we come back let's talk about um let's talk about kevin costner and his future on yellowstone if there is indeed a future and uh my screen just went blank so i don't know what else we have coming up thank you oh and then also um there was a new wax museum (laughs) installment of a former president and wait until you hear what they heard used to to mimic this president's hair this is good We'll talk about that when we come back. It's Donna and Steve on my talk. We're back, Donna and Steve on my talk 1071. Everything entertainment. Ooh, is Kevin Costner coming back to Yellowstone? Mm. Hey, if you see something, say something. Oh, that is catchy, huh? Time for If You See Something, Say Something with Donna and Steve. If you see something, say something. Come on and party tonight. 
<laughs> okay, it's not official yet, but it's really starting to look like Kevin Costner is leaving Yellowstone. Entertainment Tonight heard from a quote-unquote source close to the production. She's air-quoting everybody. Well, here, you want to take this seriously because Entertainment Tonight and Yellowstone have the same parent company. Ah, good point, Holly. That's why you're here. Um, Good point. Good point. They're saying uh, it's supposedly because of the drama between Kevin Costner and the show's creator, Taylor Sheridan. Um, This just sounds like it's a battle of the egos, you know, Hmm. on Kevin Costner being the star of the show, Taylor Sheridan being the star of his show. Um, And Kevin also is dealing with the divorce that he wasn't expecting from his wife. There were some blind items about that that involve a little overlap of the two problems. You know what I'm saying? I smote your stepping in. Mm -hmm. Thank you. It sounds like it's all blowing up. It's all blowing up. Here's the question. If, in fact, he is leaving, which is a really big deal, right? Lead actor leaving a really big series at mm-hmm. the height of its powers. They continue. They kill him off. Oh, they'll kill him off. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Does, but does he agree to a getting killed off, or do they have to just do it season six, episode one? Well, since Paul died. Or does he agree to lay there with a fake bullet wound in his head? You know, because if we're talking about pride and ego, you know what I'm saying? First of all, this is in modern times. Uh-huh. <laughs> no one's going, oh, ma, if Paul dies, what, what are we, we going to do? do with the ranch? What yeah, if no? there's a drought? Um, <laughs> I guess I've only seen a couple episodes, all right? That's true. Um, Yeah, I think they could do like a smaller sixth season. He He is, you know, the... Biggest part of the show that Beth, the daughter, is a pretty big deal too. But would he agree to getting killed off? I don't know that he needs to. I haven't seen his contract, mm-hmm. or if he can even agree to it. They might just do it. See, now they could kill him off. But my question is: Does does Kevin? Do you see Kevin Costner as an actor, as Hal Dutton or whoever he is, lay down Body with a bullet and the blood and all that, or is he like, you know what, I'm not doing that? Because I shouldn't have to leave the show, but the reason I have to leave the show is because I'm button heads with Sheridan. Who's maybe mm-hmm. having an affair with my wife. Mm-hmm. Whoa, Donna. What? That's what I was talking about. <laughs> the overlap between the two. What? Well, and now Yellowstone's in a pickle because they haven't uh, they haven't finished filming season five yet. That's a problem. But and the writer's strike. There's a writer's strike, so they can't go in and change the scripts. Oh, so they're, wow, that's going to be delayed. Yeah, they can't go in and write off Kevin Costner's character. And Taylor Sheridan's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're going to change showrunners. Yeah. That's a problem. This anyway, I'm, a... I'm bummed. This is the only thing I've really ever liked Kevin Costner in. You've said that a few times. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever seen a movie where I was like, oh, Kevin Costner's going to be in this movie. I have to see it. And then saw it. Like everything I walked away from, like. How about The Bodyguard? 
that was fine. What about the Untouchables? Don't remember much of it. Field of Dreams. Not really my jam. Waterworld. Never saw it. <laughs> the Postman. Didn't see it. Tin Cup. Never. Okay. You guys are missing a big one. Oh, um, wait, hang on. Oh, Dancers with Wolves. Yes. Um, yeah, he just seems very modern-day Californian playing, like, a period piece where he's still like, totally, dude. Huh. You know, like, Robin Hood is another example where I was like, oh, what? Good one, Donna. Thank you. Hmm. I just, I don't feel it just the way I don't feel Nicolas Cage in roles other than, like, Raising Arizona. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be weird. With yes. Nicolas Cage, it's got to be weird. When he does the weird stuff, I'm in. When he does the dramatic stuff, I'm like, okay, I'm not buying what you're selling, buddy. We know you have dinosaur bones in your castle. However, I am intrigued by him now after that interview with Stephen Colbert. I could see Nick Cage winning an Oscar before he dies. He already I think has. he did. Is that right? Like Leaving 30, Va- 30 years ago. <laughs> Leaving well, Las Vegas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was on to something then. You yeah. sure were, Steve. Uh-huh. Way to go. Wait, for what did he win one? Best what? actor. For what Leaving movie? Leaving Va- Las Vegas. Yeah. Are you sure it wasn't Raising Arizona? No, positive. No. <laughs> Leaving Las Vegas is a very depressing movie. So uh, every time I hear Leaving Las Vegas, may I speak freely without judgment? It's going to be a Sheryl Crow reference. No, but I do feel like I have a movie that comes to mind where there are a bunch of fake Elvises who jump out of a plane. What am I thinking of? <laughs> Honeymoon in Vegas, uh-huh. which came out around the same time okay. as Leaving Las Vegas. That's Was Nick fair. Cage in that one as well? I don't think Perhaps. so. Perhaps. I, Let I mean, us I go to the machine. Honeymoon. All right, the Google machine, everybody. Uh-huh, here we go. Okay, I will tell you one yeah, movie. Yes, he was. Oh, oh good wow. call. All right, Steve, you're forgiven. That's acceptable. Uh-huh, safe space. Uh, okay. Yeah, for sure. I, the, I, oh, my God. May I update my statement? Yes. I am going to predict that Nick Cage will win his second Oscar. Before he dies. And it will be a resurgence. Similar to the Brendan Fraser sort of comeback. You know, Nick Cage went through all of the direct-to-DVD phase of his career just to make money, as we found out. He was like, I don't want to file bankruptcy. I'm going to act my way out of this. Hard work has always been my good luck, I think is what he said. So, and, and I respect him for that, for not absolutely. filing, taking the easier way out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd file the crap out of that bankruptcy. You would? I think if I was $8 million in debt, I think I could see myself saying, I already have a house. I don't need credit. Is there a, a reset button here? You could certainly understand the temptation. Oh, for sure. I mean, but kudos. I'm very, very uh, commendable that he did that and did it, did it the hard way. But then he went through that phase where it was like, okay, Nick Cage. Like, for instance, when I saw Nick Cage in Captain Crowley's Mandolin, my head almost fell off my body because I thought, this is not good acting. This is a very <laughs> bad accent. And then I had also seen him previous previous to that in Con Air where I just thought, I'm not buying any of these put the money in the box kind of moments from uh-huh. him. So, but then I've heard that he's been great. I have a friend who has recommended that I watch Raising Arizona for like 20 years. He's recommended it. Never have I sat down to do, to do that. I don't think I've seen the whole movie either. Turns out you guys tell me he won an Oscar for playing Elvis or something in some Vegas flick. No, he Never didn't saw that. Elvis. No, he was a man who was drink on a mission to drink himself to death. Oh. 
You can spoil it for me, did he? Did he die in the end? Don't worry about it. You don't remember. I do remember. Maybe he gets saved, Steve. You don't know. You haven't seen the movie. Let's talk more about Honeymoon in Vegas. This was written and directed by Andrew Bergman. James Kahn was in this, Nick Cage, and Sarah Jessica Parker. And there were a bunch of Elvises who jump out of a plane at one point, sort of with a uh, little parachute situation. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and now I am going to tell you that there is a... um... Pat Morita was in that movie as well. That's Mr. Miyagi. Oh, that's cool. That warms my heart a little bit. I have a random fact for you. Okay. The strands of hair on the head of Donald Trump's wax replica at Madame Tussauds are a mix of human hair and yak hair. (laughs) Yakety yak. (laughs) For his eyebrows, they used squirrel hair. Wow. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Tell us. Really? That is all. I just thought that was an interesting texture. I did have an eyebrow intervention with my brothers recently. (laughs) We were on a trip, on that trip to see the Masters down in Augusta. And we were at a restaurant and I said, hey, both of you guys right now, you both have just some hairs that are like just sticking out. And all all you need to do to take care of that is just occasionally look in the mirror. And have some tweezers. <laughs> you just got to plug it. Because I get it. One can show up. You know, you don't hit, the sun doesn't hit it in the right angle. And no, that's yeah. how you like have a neck hair that's coming out. And you're like, oh my gosh. You ever found a long hair coming out of your face or your neck? And you're like, <laughs> you're how like, long well, has this that is, been there? And it's like, well, clearly a long time. It's like 14 inches long. It's got a root system. You, you think see? someone could have said mm-hmm. something? I could floss my teeth with this. <laughs> but I think sometimes those just kind of like show up. I think they sprout almost overnight with some sort of aggressive hormone situation. Sure. Thanks for sharing. I'm sure your brothers really appreciated mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I have to go. No, you have to stay. Holly can go. Yeah, I get okay. to go. You Bye, get Holly. to stay. You, you, <laughs> sit. Sit. Good boy. Good boy. Oh, my gosh. Um, All right. Hey, Holly we, Roberts leaves. Okay, All right. Bye. And when we come back, I got a little bit of uh, music news. I did watch some of the Ed Sheeran new docu-series. Tell you what my uh, my takeaway is on that so far. Coming up next on my talk.